In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in August of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is indeed dying, we would like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome, Mickey Weems. Aloha. Aloha. How are you feeling emotionally right now? Um, still a little testy because we're talking about a subject which is quite embarrassing to me. I find it so interesting that you find this embarrassing. I mean, because it, it, it's a lack of control. I cannot control myself, and I don't like that. But the debt. Oh, oh, okay. Well, so we're going to pause here for just a moment. We're going to talk about. So the blue bag is control. Yep. I mean, because most people fear death because of the lack of control. That's got to have a lot to do with it. That if you had control, you would continue living, would you? Um, obviously, I have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the reasons why is because I know at any time I can check out. That is immensely comforting. Yeah. And, and it's, it's under my ages. Nobody else has a voice in this but me. Uh, yes. I think that a lot of people would have voices, will have voices when that time comes, but also we're respectful of ultimately what is ultimately your choice. Well, okay. Well, let, let's, let's dive into that for a second before we go into the embarrassing part. Okay. Um, I was ready to go November, October last year when my friends from J Hall, who I'm going to go see Monday, they said, we're going to fly you to Kauai and we're going to, I think I might've told the story, but I'll tell it again, fly you to Kauai. And if you feel like doing something, let's do it. If not, we're going to just rally around you. And I said, don't even worry about me. Make this a vacation for yourselves. And I will participate when I can, but I don't think I'm going to be doing much because I'm not feeling good at all. Well, their love and affection and respect, but their insistence that whenever I could, they would include me. It was like a tether. It was pulling me back. I was, they, they said, we're not going to let you let go of life that easily. We're going to make it tough for you, not because we're going to browbeat you, but because we're going to make it fun. We're going to show you so much affection. You're not going to want to go. Mm. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. They're amazing. Because I was a grouch and they brought me out of it. Okay, so back to the, the topic. Well, that's a whole nother subject on its own that we can uh, dog ear for another time or we can get into now is your your decision-making process along the line. I, I have seen evolve in the short time that we've spent recording these episodes. Uh, yeah, it continues well, to evolve. Let, let's talk about the decision-making process that was happening within what we're talking about, which was the, the whole point, for those of you that are just tuning in and have not heard the previous podcast, the point of this podcast is to look at what happens spiritually when my spirit leaves my body and goes and interferes in somebody else's life. This is part of my reality now. And I have absolutely so little control of, well, I'm trying to get control of it and I'm hoping that I can do it but I don't know when it happens. So um, it happened to Donna. My spirit went and interfered with her life. And so I'm still dealing with the ramifications of it. That's why I'm embarrassed by it because 
I would never want to do that. And to think that I was that, that I'm that guy <laughs> is really disturbing to me. So I'm, I'm working on, we're working on, first of all, protecting Donna. The second thing we're working on is getting Mickey's spirit to not be so, well, I shouldn't say not be rambunctious. It's going to do what it's going to do, but do it in a safe space to where it's not hurting anybody I love. So the game plan right now for me is to send it to the statue of Marianne Cope, which is not that far from where I live. It's an easy walk. It's in Kaka'ako. It's in Kualo uh, Basin Park. Because um, Marianne Cope was famous for not taking crap from anybody. Marianne Cope was a nun from Germany, I think, who went to um, Hawaii at the request of King Kalakaua to take care of people who had leprosy. She was there. She was the one who tended to uh, Father Damien as he was dying. She also didn't lose a single nun because they all practiced sanitation things that they knew about to prevent Hansen's disease or leprosy. She was amazing. And it, there were some men that once threatened her and I think she beat the hell out of them. There's, there's stories about her. She was, she was a badass. I love her. So if my rambunctious spirit goes to her, she can say, Mickey, I have the switch, okay? You know, you're going to get a paddling because I, that is part of my memory too. I had nuns that would, you know, do, what, what, what's that punishment? No, not, not capital, corporal punishment? Oh, yeah, physical. Yeah, physical punishment. So that's part of, that is wired inside of my history. And so for a nun that I really do love and respect to say that to me, I will calm my hyper ass down, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that she is big enough to handle me and we have the validation of her miraculous powers from the church itself. Have you all ever heard of The Devil's Advocate? Mm -hmm. Great okay. movie, Al Pacino, Cano Reeves. Oh, so is that, <laughs> is that, is that about the Vatican? <laughs> no. Okay. So I'm joking. Devil's, it is okay. a good movie, though. Okay, so The Devil's Advocate <laughs> is a man who works at the Vatican, a priest who whenever somebody wants to become, whenever somebody is nominated for sainthood, the devil's advocate will search out their history to try to prove that they weren't saints. That's his job. And yeah. it's a holy job. And I respect that. So Mary Cope, uh, Marianne Cope passed that test. The miracles that are attributed to her were certified by doctors, by medical doctors and shown that there could be nothing else except that the person asked for her to intercede on their behalf. So if she got that kind of mana, she can definitely handle me. We should get a photo of her for the website. Yeah, get a photo. Of her because we need to make is, sure. I, I love her. Marianne Cope, love you. <laughs> Don't beat me. <laughs> so, the, so the first time we talked about this hmm. time when you your spirit visited me uh, and, and we talked, we... Uh, had a conversation uh, uh, about it. I, you said the next time that happens, ask me if I'm all right. And that will, you thought that would like wake you up, make you stop it, whatever it was. Right. And, um, and I said during that conversation, do you want to someday try this on purpose? Cause I would be open to that. Well, Here's what's happened since then. <laughs> um, one night last week, I woke up again in the wee hours of the morning, but this time I woke up with a start 
in full on panic mode. And I woke up like this. <gasps> I could not breathe. And I, uh, it felt like I had been underwater and I was just coming up for a breath. And it felt like I was laboring for every breath that I had. I felt like if I fell asleep, I would drown. I would just stop breathing because I had to work for every breath that I was having. And this again went on for probably an hour. Uh, and I thought to myself, Mickey, is this you? What do you need? What do you need? And it did not get better. It was only time that eventually, probably again, after an hour, I was able to drift off to sleep. And I, we did not have a recording session the next day, but I was thumbing through uh, Facebook as I like to do when I'm waking up in the morning. And there was a post from Mickey saying last night was one of the worst nights yet and the cancers made itself known in my lungs and uh, uh, something about you know you struggling to breathe and I was like shit <laughs> that was Mickey what do what do I do about this what do we do about it so yeah. I, I have responsibility in this too yeah um, I, I was hesitant to tell you I knew you would feel bad about it I don't feel like you are actively, I don't think you're malicious in any way. We've just created this bond that bond. is now yeah. undeniable because mm -hmm. the timing of this is not, it's too much to be coincidental. Yeah, we're not talking to each other when you have your attack and when I'm posting. These yeah. are two completely disparate incidents. Um, so we're working on that, folks, and we will keep you posted <laughs> because we still have not we still have not worked out the kinks. Marianne Cope, I'm hoping will help. I'm hoping that uh, the other thing I might do is send it swimming. Go in the ocean because I did that today and it really helped me. I, I love just going to the ocean, and just jumping in. So I might say, OK, go in the ocean and cool off. I am not someone who uh, is a big believer in. I, I'm one of those like casual dabblers in the metaphysical and spiritual realm. And I'll say, I'm intention. It's a new moon. I'm intention setting or um, uh, you want to say nice, kind words of affirmation. Yes. Okay. That's great. And I don't even need to hear what you're saying, but I believe that that will affect me. I believe in, I believe in quantum physics for sure. And non-local interconnectivity for sure. I did not before this really believe in what I, I now believe is happening between us. So far as the things that you mentioned to, to situate your experiences, I use none of those, <laughs> I guess, because I'm so close to it. I don't really I don't really have to appeal to quantum physics or any of the other things or affirmations because it's it's so experiential to me and has been for a very long time. Um, I think I find it interesting when people use those things because I think it really does help. I think it's helping you because it gives you a base from which you can stand. So I fully approve. I just don't happen to use them. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I started 
studying uh, quantum physics decades ago mm-hmm. and so much that I have experienced in my life yet yeah, does settle well into those theories. So that that is where I go. Um, well, let me, so, let me, can I explain one other thing? Yeah. One of the, one of the other reasons why is because I'm, I'm a student of history. Science is a fickle lover. Science will switch. It's going to like when, when the person who wrote the Tao of physics, right? The groundbreaking book linking spirituality to um, physics as we, uh, as we understood it 30 years ago. Well, that's physics as we understood it 30 years ago. Physics has since moved way, way beyond that. Um, so anything that, that makes those links and says, okay, this is proof, um, it's, it to me is, it, it, it's, it's shaky ground to me because the things that you bring, that, that the scientists bring up or that the people that wrote the Tao of physics bring up have since shifted. They're no longer really, um, they're not the basis anymore. We have new bases and that's happening all the time. Yeah. So, and science evolves with the length, yeah. the, the knowledge we gain. I, I will say when um, the first time it happened that a friend of mine was in extreme physical duress during childbirth and I, it just suddenly popped into my head, oh, I want to call her. Uh, I, having studied some uh, quantum physics at the time, was like, oh, that's um uh, the the uh, quantum physics explains what just happened non-local interconnectivity Mm -hmm. uh and yeah that that's that's where i'm comfortable with it that that's the view that i'm yeah coming out of but i also recognize that science evolves daily yeah so let's talk about the scratches on my arm if we can cuz this this is the latest that I don't know and we have uh, I just introduced this um to Mickey very briefly while we were not recording so I want to talk about it now I have I woke up on um Sunday morning with what looks to me like a raccoon scratched my arm that's what the scratches look like i have no other explanation for how these scratches could possibly have come to me i know exactly what i was doing i did my household chores on saturday and shopping and that sort of thing and i don't i don't i'm no longer even um taking care of that dog there's no thing in my life that logically could have put these scratches on my arm that look like they came from an animal. So before we started recording, I said, Mickey, is there an animal that you identify more with than any others? And not, you mentioned nothing remotely like a small, like a raccoon. Although I love raccoons. Um, <laughs> but so I don't think it was me. So Donna, you are I am not the only person who has had the, who's made these links with you. I think it's somebody else or something else. I I, I feel I feel no resonance. I feel no no sense of uh, responsibility at all with that. Um, I'm disconnected from it. 
So I think that I think that it's just you being the kind you you being Fay as in spiritually attuned. Um, that there's more than one person. I'm I'm not the only man in your life. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the, me inviting the connection with you saying, let's try this on purpose sometime. Because um, <laughs> well, nothing yeah, like you, this you has ever happened. Yeah. yeah, you might have opened a gate and I, I might not have been the only spirit to come through. The, actually, the Bible warns about that. And I, I do take scripture really seriously when uh, when they talk about these um, moments of of spirits traveling back and forth between people, whatever tradition, be it Buddhist or Muslim or Hindu. I listen to those stories because what you'll find is that sometimes they reflect something within your own experience. And there's one where, where Jesus talks about a man threw out a demon in his house, then 10 more moved in. So... Um, Maybe it's something along that line that, you know, that once you've opened up, something else decided to come through. So my, I guess that I, I would advise is find, find something that, that resonates with you to close that gate. You know, sm smudge, um, salt, uh, holy water. And holy water is easy. In the Roman Catholic Church, holy water, you just take, you do the sign of the cross over it. It's, it's holy water. So you don't even have to be a priest to do it. So any, anything like that, um, I will, uh, if you want to, no, no, I would say I would send my spirit to be a guardian spirit, but I think that would be a huge mistake and my spirit needs to stay away from you Yeah. at this point. So, yeah. I think so too. I'm sad to say that. I don't normally, Me too. before any of this happened, I didn't think about any of this stuff seriously, honestly, other than like, oh, it's a new moon. I'm going to set intention, you know, like hedging right. my bets sort of thing. But uh, I'm, I'm listening now. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we talk about the spirit world a little bit? Okay. Yes. All right. We have so, five minutes. Yeah. Okay. we got five minutes. <laughs> okay. So we talked, we touched upon the negative part of the spirit world. The positive part is I'm seeing gods come through people, which to me is awesome because i'm on the dance floor and when i was initiated into condomble the west african religion that exists in brazil i, I went through the initiation of 15-day isolation and rituals done to me and a lot of them are done to the body um and i cannot go into detail because that is that is uh private to the house to the house of worship that i belong to um we believe and this is interesting for a muslim to say but there's, a, there's an historical link between these religions and Islam, by the way. Uh, we, we hold that there are beings called Orisha. And the Orisha represent our inner selves. Each of us have two. Uh, I have seen people start dancing and they start dancing the dances of the Orisha and they don't even know who the Orisha are. And I'm thinking, how are they picking up this dance and nobody is noticing it but me? So when I say that the spirit world sometimes will talk to you in a, in a language that only you understand, that you're in a, in a really interesting position where you're getting um, empirical because it's happening in the physical world. You're getting empirical proof that nonetheless is personal, that only you see. 
I think that's how the spirit world works a lot. And I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with this because they'll say, you know, I thought I felt something and this message came through, but I can't tell anybody about it because it won't make sense to them. Don't feel bad about that. If that has happened to you. Um, I think that's one of the ways that so far as I can tell in my very limited knowledge of the interactions between us and the other side, I think that's how things happen. And I can show from various traditions this being validated in different ways. Uh, usually, and, and, and a lot, and more than one tradition, you'll see people say, don't even talk about these things. They'll say, if it happens, keep it to yourself or tell only people that are relevant to you. Don't go blabbing about it. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's like I mentioned before at one of the podcasts, that it's like being invited into the VIP area. Not everybody can go with you. That's, that's just you and the other VIPs. Most people are still going to be on the outside. Okay, I mean, of course, I'm going to make a club reference. Um, yeah. So, so in, when, you're, when you're in the VIP area, the other side doesn't get to see that. You can mention details of it, but it's not the same as actually being there, like sitting with you know, the, 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 the performers or the, the rich or whoever else you might, you might admire or want to rub shoulders with. Um, so that's the way it is with the spirit world. And the other thing too, is there's a sense of politeness that when you walk in, you realize that there, at least I realize this, and I don't know if this is everybody's experience, but I do, I do see a hierarchy and in this hierarchy, I'm at the bottom because first of all, I'm still alive. Second of all, I am by no means that advanced spiritually to consider myself anything other than a novice. I like to think of myself as that. I like to think of myself as a novice, but that's about it. And it's appropriate for me to think that way. Yeah, especially since, I mean, you're, you're there enough to have been here, <laughs> yeah. but not enough to have controlled it. Yeah, and, and I think what it is, is they're saying, okay, we're going to give you limited access. We're going to see how you deal with that before we let you see more. And I want to know more. I want to see it. And I want to share as much as I possibly can with people just so that they can. Here is the purpose of this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help people. The first people I try to help are people who have cancer. Specifically men who have prostate, but anybody who has cancer at all. And in the larger context, anybody who's dealing with health issues that are debilitating, particularly if their health issues are terminal, because that is exactly where I'm at. We're going to have so, to um, we're going to come back here um, okay. in a future episode. Thank you so much, Mickey. Right. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.